hello everyone and welcome back to the cat cast we are on episode two of our three-part um series about glue so exciting times um it's it's actually been a very interesting uh experience for me to try and do the deep dive on all of this because i am not a chemistry whiz and there is so much chemistry behind the whole world of adhesives and glues and so as usual there's always a disclaimer at the top of my podcasts so this time the disclaimer is we're gonna go chemistry light on this so um we are not doing a, a chemical deep dive here and Um, If you are interested in doing that, there are so many sources for you out there that I don't even have to list them. So do your Google search, do your your book search, and there is so much information available. So we are going to be far more surface level, a skim coat, if you excuse my pun. Um, And... So last time around, we were talking primarily about older adhesives and natural adhesives. The two kind of go hand in hand. So up until the 20th century, for the most part, we were looking at um, only having access to natural glues. So we're going to kind of dive right in. Um, Also make note that on the first episode of this little glue series, we addressed some basic terminology regarding uh, clamp time and open time and this sort of thing. So if you need to revisit that, just skip back an episode and um, like it and leave a, a review and five stars and thanks (laughs) so uh, diving in for this week we are starting with synthetic resin adhesives okay there's plenty of big words in all of this but essentially synthetic resin adhesives are man-made polymers that resemble natural resins so like epoxy and I know we're not going to deep dive on the chemistry part but I think it's worth addressing the polymer thing because polymer sounds very big and scary. It's it's worth kind of getting your head around. A polymer is a huge class of substances that can be either man-made or natural that are composed of very large molecules called macromolecules. And these macromolecules are multiples of simpler chemical units that are called monomers so tons of the materials in our own bodies are polymers so proteins cellulose nucleic acids our very dna are polymers um there's there's lots of minerals like diamond quartz man-made materials like concrete glass paper plastics rubber the list goes on and on and on so polymer is a a very broad stroke it's, uh, it covers a lot of things. And I think in my own mind, when I hear the word polymer, I think plastic. And I kind of stopped there. So I thought that it was worth clarifying that a little bit, is that it's a much larger class. It's synthetic 
or um or not and yeah so polymers back to <laughs> synthetic resin adhesives um this is like epoxy is a synthetic resin adhesive pva glue like so many of these things are uh considered uh synthetic resin adhesives um they offer higher water resistance the highest water resistance that we that we have to date actually for um adhesives so um we have the possibility through this technology of doing things like repeatedly directly wetting something that is made of an adhesive and it will indefinitely resist that um moisture which is as you will recall from the last the last episode one of the biggest things that was an issue with natural adhesives and glues is that they really don't stand up to moisture very well at all so one of the things about us stepping into this world of synthetics was that it's allowed us to have a lot more uh, resistance to weather which has been pretty amazing um, introduced in the 1930s developed very quickly during the second world war and the increase i mean we're still increasing the use of these adhesives today i mean we our world everything around us is kind of glued together at this point um for better or worse and and it is kind of miraculous the things that we are able to do with these glues so um two basic categorizations so we're going to go thermosetting and thermoplastic i promise we're not going to get too technical this is actually fairly um it's fairly logical it's fairly instinctual so thermosetting adhesives depend on a polymerization reaction where water is eliminated so this causes an irreversible chemical change and it can be initiated by chemicals or heat or both and essentially once a thermosetting adhesive has cured it's now a new material it's now something different and it cannot be changed back so thermosetting is something that uh, it goes through the process in its curing and then it becomes a new thing and there's there's no return whereas thermoplastic adhesives are pre-polymerized which say the chemical reactions are part of the production of the glue itself and so then the set or the cure of it is caused by dispersing solvent rather than water so this means that they can be unbound through heating so polyvinyl acetate emulsions which is pva glues what we know as wood glue like super simple material we sort of think of and like hot melt glue are examples and technically speaking you can use a heat gun to break the bonds of a PVA glue if you really need to make a fix. Although I would recommend trying to get it right the first time. <laughs> I mean, even if you get your pieces apart, that's a lot of cleanup of surfaces to try again. So you definitely want to do a good job uh, even with wood glue the first time around. But technically speaking, you can, uh, you can break that bond through heating. Um, I wanted to touch on fennel formaldehyde resin, um, but I'm not going to go really deep in this episode also about mm, a lot of different adhesives. Even in the, the world of, of woodwork, you could say that there's 
there's so many different types of glues and adhesives that um, that are topical because we have melamine, we have press board, and we have all the different plies, different grades of plies, and, and all these different materials that we then use are being held together with different types of adhesives. Um, I'm going to primarily go into the glues that, honestly, that I use the most in the type of furniture making and woodwork that I'm doing. And so I'm not going to go too far out into left field about all of the different adhesives that are being used for um, the plies and the chipboards and all of these sorts of things. But I wanted to touch on uh, fennel formaldehyde resin. I just found it very interesting. This was used as the basis for Bakelite. I don't know if you remember Bakelite, but this is like this original sort of... Um, what it like it's the weirdest feeling stuff it's this material that dishes were were made out of um but this is essentially the first commercial synthetic resins was fennel formaldehyde resin so phenolic resins are used uh for making exterior plywood now commonly known as weather and boil proof so wbp i don't know if that's it's a perhaps a less um, common terminology these days in some places, but WBP plywood, they, they were using that for this ply because it has no melting point. It's essentially, the phenolic resins have a decomposing point around 220 degrees Celsius, but the glue just doesn't melt. So um, you, it's, it's very resistant. Side note though, WBP is a designation that refers only to the resin that's used, so not to the wood veneers. So if you're if you're finding some WBP ply, it's not necessarily going to have any chemical treatment of the veneers like you would find in a marine grade plywood. So the ply may be WBP, but not marine grade or exterior grade. So essentially you're getting something that you know that the glues in it are pretty bulletproof but there's no guarantee that the wood <laughs> that the glue is holding together is going to be up to um, the task. So just wanted to touch on that. Uh, then we are going to do a little hop, skip, and a jump over to epoxy. Synthetic resin adhesive. Um, it's pretty commonly used in the woodworking industry these days and there's there's a lot of benefits to it there's a few notable disadvantages to it but um, it's definitely a useful tool to have in your toolbox um, epoxy is considerably higher cost than pva glue so we'll get to pva in a moment um, so it is pricier. It's a similar strength to PVA, which is to say epoxy tends to be around 2,000 to 4,000 PSI, which is pounds per square inch. And epoxy is more complicated to apply since it does require mixing and you need a solvent or a vinegar for cleanup rather than water, which is how you would clean up a PVA glue. Um, for anybody who hasn't worked with epoxy, it comes in two parts. You have a resin and you have a hardener. 
and there are different fillers and different things like this that you can use depending on what industry you're you're in what you're using it for um, and you can set up to have your epoxy last um, a much longer or shorter amount of time so you can have a fairly long open time with epoxy um, toxic fumes you want to make sure that epoxies are used in really well ventilated areas so it's definitely a little bit nastier to work with than um, some of the other like the PVA glues that are um, a little bit more common um, and epoxy is great because it can bond to lots of different materials so if you're adding uh, non-wood accents pulls and knobs different stuff that you're adding to your pieces it is definitely an advantage with epoxy that it um, that it adheres to things that are not just wood a big advantage is a large or a complicated glue up epoxy can give you lots of time that a wood glue just it can't which it hugely reduces the stress load during a glue up um, this is something that I experienced I had been working pretty much exclusively with PVA glues and I remember the first pretty complicated um, case piece glue up that I did with epoxy <laughs> and it was like it was suddenly just everything was chill and rather than this like manic dashing around trying to fulfill the like rehearsed orchestration of movements to get everything together as fast as humanly possible it was just chill um and something that's interesting about working with epoxy is since epoxy is not attempting to lose water like a PVA glue, but rather it's like off-gassing a solvent, it doesn't interact with wood the same way that a PVA glue does, which is to say that the water in PVA can get absorbed by your wood and it can cause some swelling and some sticking. So epoxy actually lubricates or it feels like it lubricates those tight joints um, and and so that they, they can kind of slide together really sweetly with epoxy, um, which if you've done a glue up where you had really nice joinery all cut and you've got your PVA glue on and suddenly things just aren't quite fitting as well as they did before and you're having to kind of like uh, use a little extra convincing to get this piece together. Um, a lot of the time that's what can be happening is that you've got uh, absorption of the water from the PVA glue into your piece and the wood is beginning to swell. Um, so since I've been on about PVA glue so much here, <laughs> um, PVA glue is Elmer's glue. It's Carpenter's glue, type bond, uh, being Canadian, Lepage or LePage, depending on how you pronounce these things. It's the like yellow or white wood glue that everybody has um, when you're young, coated your fingers in and then peeled the glue off, or maybe everybody didn't do that and it was just me. Anyways, um, PVA glue is, it's really strong. Uh, about 3,600 to 4,000 PSI. So we said that the epoxy is about 2,000 to 4,000 PSI. So the PVA is at the top end of that. 
generally for most woods, even very, very strong hardwoods, you're going to have a failure in the lignin. That's the natural bond of the wood grain before the glue joint will fail. So if you've got this PVA glue that's good up to about 4,000 PSI and you test, um, you glue up a piece and you test the joint by trying to tear it apart, you're going to have the wood tear apart from itself before the glue joint breaks. So at that point, there's no reason to have a glue that's any stronger because it's, it's already not the weakest point. The wood itself has become the weakest point. So there's no advantage in trying to create a stronger and stronger wood glue. We've already got a wood glue that's stronger than the wood itself. So, boom. Um, plus and minus, wood glues tend to have short open time and short clamp time. So where you need the full 24 hours for PVA to be full strength, you can take it out of clamps after about 30 minutes to an hour. And this can be stressful when you're trying to complete a glue up when you only have like three to eight minutes of open time, depending upon what glue you're using. But if you're working in a shop with limited numbers of clamps and you're doing a production run of lots of different pieces, it can be really advantageous. Um, if you're doing, I know when I've just been creating boards, and having to um, edge glue pieces together to create a wider board. Um, these are fairly simple glue ups and the fact that you can kind of get it set up, glue it, clamp it up, set that aside, um, do your joinery on the edges of the next one you're going to make and by the time you're ready to glue that, the first one is you know ready to be taken out of the clamps so you can use the same clamps over and over um, and just you can't put stress on those joints but you can take them out of the clamps which means then your clamps are able to be used which if you're doing that type of work it makes so much more sense to use something that you can take out of the clamps after half an hour rather than having to wait 24 hours that's like not very efficient use of time um pva is also generally very inexpensive it has varying degrees of water resistance depending on the additives um, as mentioned in epoxy you can get some wood swelling with pva glues so so yes you want to move quickly when you're doing a glue up with pva um you've got fairly short open time you can stretch that out so once you have surfaces together that the glue is not exposed to air anymore you still have time that you can make a lot of adjustments so you can you can kind of give yourself a little bit of leeway uh, once everything's closed off and you're not getting the uh, water evaporating from it so quickly but yeah you definitely want to be pretty quick on the uptake when you're working with wood glue um, and PVA, it's really not a strong end grain bond. They're, they've done a better job these days. The, it's definitely strong enough that for end grain, which is definitely a consideration. For the most part, um, you're going to be considering that in the design of the piece that you're making. But, you know, it is an interesting world that we're living in that we can actually consider just gluing end grain and having that be a reliable joint, B, 
because we have other glues that are available to us. Um, polyurethane glue is becoming pretty popular with some folks. I am not inclined to use this. It expands. So while this can be useful if you want to fill in gaps, it can really push smooth surfaces apart. So if you're somebody who's interested in having tight joinery, then this is probably not going to be the best material for you to work with. We're looking at about 3,000 to 3,500 PSI. So it's strong it lands in the similar vicinities to our PVA glue and our epoxy but it has a limited shelf life and it's more expensive um, you have a fairly short work time fairly short open time it is waterproof which uh, can be very exciting for some folks especially if you're doing outdoor furniture or things like this um, and it's it's kind of an interesting one because it needs water to cure. So unlike um, a PVA glue where you are wanting the water to evaporate, the polyurethane glues, like the Gorilla glues, requires you to actually like wipe with a damp cloth or spray the surfaces that you're going to be adhering before you attach them together. So this does give you a pretty strong end grain adhesion. So uh, it's definitely an option. Um, but like I said, I think, I think it's a specific use sort of material. Um, I think that some people really enjoy ha using the polyurethane glue, but um, yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> Test things out and see what works for you. The big thing I'd say if you haven't worked with a polyurethane glue before is to do a test run with it and kind of put your clamps on it and see the way that the glue expands and the way that it pushes um, your piece around. So it's definitely something you want to accommodate for and plan for. Uh, CA glue, cyanoacrylate which is super glue the original patent was in 1942 from the bf goodrich company which i thought was really fascinating they were actually looking to develop clear plastic gun sites for the second world war and it because it was so sticky <laughs> they uh, got shelved. They found that it wasn't what they wanted it for. Um, so it got shelved until 1951. So that's what, 42 to 51, big math, nine years, it just got put on the shelf. And then they pulled it out and were doing more development with it. But it wasn't until 1958 that there was actually a product for sale. And the original super glue was sold as Eastman number 910. There we go. Um, so CA glue, it's uh, been used for medicine. It was used during Vietnam as a temporary wound adhesive. I think that this is the um, story that, that at least certainly I have heard on so many occasions where people are like, oh yeah, it's used for medicine. It, uh, it can, and it certainly has been. 
it can be a little bit um it can cause chemical burns if you use it excessively so definitely there are medical adhesives that are used much more extensively than uh, straight up CA glue at this point but it does work and there are certainly people I know that there are uh, musicians and people like that who will use CA glue to form a temporary callus if they have for some reason split their callus or broken it off so there's really interesting things that um, people end up using this stuff where it's used to heal um, broken coral pieces so you can take um, transplants of coral to put on like coral wreaths that uh, they're putting it together with CA glue. CA glue is what's used for fingerprinting so they actually um, kind of burn it they they smoke it they turn it into a smoke and that adheres to the oils left over by a person's fingerprint and those are able to then be lifted off it's so interesting and obviously woodwork is why we're here um it it gets used actually fairly often but usually for kind of specific things so there's a lot of people who would use ca glue for um, attaching like sacrificial blocks that they use for wood turning um, it's used for repairs in instruments and furniture and for me i think of it primarily as a repair glue um, you want to use care because it soaks into the wood so it can leave some wet sort of staining if you're not strategic with it because since it's absorbed in it doesn't sand out it's not like oh I've got a little glue stain I need to just either scrape or plane or sand that off if it's absorbed into the pores of the wood uh, deeply then you've got this kind of wet look so you want to be a little bit strategic about it but um, that absorption and the fact that it's so thin and and quick to kind of get sucked into little cracks it makes it great for repairing tight corners or like cracks in joinery or in a piece um, and it saves you from having to break it entirely so you know when you've been like <laughs> working on a piece for a while and you've done all this beautiful joinery and you fit it together and you fit it several times and it's been like a bit tight you've adjusted different things and you know been going together and apart and then you have that glorious crack as something <laughs> something gives way but it gives way just that little bit so your options can be <laughs> If you've got something that hasn't completely broken, you can be looking at it going like, shit, I need to actually break the rest of this piece, which is what you would have to do if you're going to do a repair with, um, with epoxy or with a PVA glue. You need to be able to actually cover the glue surfaces. And those glues, they don't run into a crack. So you really would have to like, finish the break and get the glue surfaces and then glue the whole thing back together but with a CA glue 
it does that magical little move where it like just runs and wicks into a really fine fissure and so if you have a crack that's started but it's not that severe yet you can use the CA glue to kind of um, really wick into the crack clamp it all up and um, and then keep going you can get a, a totally good repair a good bond with a CA glue so um, that is like a lightning speed <laughs> crash through the modern glues that um, primarily I kind of stuck to the glues that I use and that I think most um, most other folks commonly use in modern woodworking. I guess there's like an honorable mention that I'll throw out for like a uh, hot glue. <laughs> and yes, I mean literally like hot glue guns. But like this is also essentially what's used for uh, edge banding laminates like doing the edges on ply and stuff like that so very common used in cabinetry and it's also something that I use a lot not on actual pieces of furniture but I use it a ton for modeling and for um, creating mock-ups and doing a lot of stuff with cardboard or like bits of poplar and you're not actually doing joinery you're not actually wanting to take the time to properly glue and clamp things together you just stick some hot glue on it because that's how you can create something really fast that gives you um, a real thing to look at and you have the sense of scale you have the sense of proportion um, as you're just figuring out your design so honorable mention for hot glue guns <laughs> um so yeah that was like whew, that was fast paced that was actually a lot of research to um to really get to be able to put my shoulder to this one but I'm glad that I did it's been really interesting for me and as I've said in the past you know I'm I'm really enjoying making this podcast I feel like um the more that I do it, I'm learning more about podcasting, but I'm also able to absorb more information about the actual subjects myself. So I think that this is only going to get better and I'm excited about it. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, um, you can get over to Patreon and sign up for um, as low as $3 a month. And um something that actually really makes a big difference to the distribution of the podcast whether or not you're interested in pitching in or able to pitch in financially makes a huge difference if you guys can leave me a review wherever it is you're listening to the podcast um, reviews help me to know what I'm doing well and what I can improve on and it helps the uh, the podcast platforms to tell other people about it so uh, please share with your friends and leave your reviews and also if you final note if you have any questions about glue ups or anything that you would really love me to address in the last episode about glue um, then just email me at catfink at gmail.com I'd be delighted to address 
any and all questions. So um, I really look forward to doing that episode and um, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. got a cat scratching at the door. Charlie, stop it. Now he's stuck to the door. I'm going to go get the cat. <laughs>